Stick a pony in me pocket I'll fetch the suitcase from the van Cause if you want the best is that you don't ask questions Then brother, I'm your man Cause where it all comes from is a mystery It's like the changing of the seasons on the tides of the sea But he's the one that's driving me berserk Why do only fools and horses work? La 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 Bonjour everyone, or when I say everyone, I mean Bailey. Hi James. Just me and Bailey today. Uh, we've all been incredibly busy and are incredibly busy uh, for the next few weeks, so we don't want to leave you guys hanging. We've noticed that a few of you have been asking for some more podcasts, so what we're going to do, we're going to do a bit of a bonus special, um, mainly utilising the interviews, I think. So this is going to be part one. And who should we have in part one, Bailey? Out how, of four. How about uh, John Chalice and Sue Holderness? I think they'd be good together. Yeah, I think that uh, keeps it nice and tidy, doesn't it? I think we need to apologise to our listeners, James, for the massive catastrophe that we had last week with our podcast. Uh, yes. Well, it wasn't all my fault. It, it was my brain. <laughs> no, uh, Anchor went down. So it removed all of our episodes. I thought someone reported us. Uh, and it came back 12 hours later. But unfortunately, it published the episode that I wasn't ready to publish, which still had a bit of editing done. So some of you may have heard five or six minutes that you probably weren't supposed to hear. I don't think there was too much swearing in there, was there, Bailey? No, I, I think, think we, we were all right. I think we got away with it. But yeah, so we interviewed Sue Holdness. That was our first ever interview, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Sue. And what a lovely lady. She told us some great stories, um, especially about Juki. As interesting and in how she got the part. Yeah. So here's Sue Holderness. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Jolly Boys podcast, Sue Holderness, aka Marlene. Good evening, Sue. How are you? Good evening, all of you. How exciting this is to talk to all four of you tonight. Very exciting. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we've just got a few questions for you. Hi, Sue. Uh, this is Bailey. Thank you so much for giving up your time for the podcast. We really appreciate it. That's a pleasure, Bailey. Well, now, what's your first question? Throw it at me. My first question is, how did you land the role of Marlene and were there any other actresses that auditioned for the part? Well, no, I was lucky, really, because nobody else was offered the part. Marlene wasn't really supposed to appear. They didn't want her. They wanted Marlene to be a sort of her indoor character, a bit like the, the George Cole character in Minder. But John Sullivan suddenly had this idea for, the, for uh, the, the boys, Dale and Rodney, would look after a dog. He couldn't think where this wretched dog was going to come from. And so he suddenly said, well, I suppose we could see Marlene. We don't have to see her for long. We'll just, she, boys, you can give Marlene a dog. We'll show that and then get rid of her. So it, they didn't pay too much attention to the casting. And Ray Butt had seen me, funnily enough, he'd seen me doing a one-woman play about Myra Hindley, which is an odd, let's face it, character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To Marlene. And also in a, in a series called End of Part One. So he, the, 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 Mar, the Myra Hindley character was Yorkshire. In the end of Part One, I was doing all sorts of different things. So I think they assumed I could do it. So I didn't meet anybody, didn't talk to anybody. They just offered me the part, which was oh, fantastic because wow. I, I, I bowled up. I was, in fact, I was three months pregnant with my first child. Wow, that's amazing. What work was going to be around. 
And I rolled up and met all of these three nice actors who I'd never met before and had this fantastic little part. It was a very short scene where Marlene first meets the boys and then I go into the house and I bring out this huge dog and mm -hmm. they're expecting a puppy. And I do lots of kissing of Duke and, and a bit of kissing of Del Boy. <laughs> and off we go. And that was supposed to be all that it, all, all that was ever going to happen for Marlene. But obviously, John Sullivan liked the role and liked what I did with it. And rang me up at home a couple of weeks later and said, Marlene will be back. Hallelujah. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, we're glad he was as well. Played yeah. the role so brilliantly, so really, really well, brilliantly. I, it, it was just sheer luck that I, I, as soon as I read the script, I just heard her voice. I knew exactly what she was like. I understood her completely. And it, I mean, I really did think that was all it was going to be. I thought, you know, what a great day out, fun, it was fun it was, pity it's only one day, but hey, nice job. I felt that so, Marlene was the character that um, sort of developed itself more naturally than a lot of the other characters. It was just from the very first episode you appeared in. It seems yeah, to sort she, of. She just was sort of there, wasn't she? Yeah. This terrible old tart with a heart, <laughs> and who'd, who'd sort of been round the block and back. And now I love playing her because at that point in my life, I was playing rather posh birds, you know, double-barrelled <laughs> prime ministers' PAs. So suddenly to get this lovely Cockney tart was a great joy. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Well, ready for the next question? If you yeah, are, sure. yeah, sure. Throw me another one. Oh, this is Tom speaking, by the way. Um, hello, Tom. Hello. So, what was your favourite moment in the show? What went? What made it so special for you? Well, do you know, I think that it was that first episode because I just learned to love her. From the moment I got, I came running out of the house with that huge fur coat and too much makeup and that mm. gorgeous dog. That was it. Never got better than that. I mean, I I loved all of it, but that then the next best, most thrilling, you know, heart stopping moment was in fact at the end when John Sullivan said that he'd got this this idea for a spin off series. <clears throat> And and Boise and Marlene got their wonderful green, green grass. Because, you know, Marlene yeah. appeared very little in Any Fools and Horses. Every time a script arrived, my heart would would sink when I realised I was only in it for two oh, seconds. Yeah. So suddenly when we got the green, green grass and, and I knew that I was going to be in every episode and, and have quite a lot of stuff to do, that was the next really exciting thing. But I don't think it ever got better than that first moment when I did, when I just got the chance to get my teeth into this wonderful little yeah. character. I adored her. Was there a particular episode of, of the show you'd like to have been involved in? Oh, I suppose, of all of them, the one that I think was the funniest episode of the lot. Well, I mean, there's so many, aren't there? It's difficult to tell. But the one that made me laugh the most, I think, was to blow up dolls. Mm. I still think it is. That, uh, every time there's dolls, they yeah. disappear. We agree, Yeah, yeah definitely. Danger UXD, fantastic, I, yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a glorious idea, wasn't it? It is fantastic. And, you know, it was quite difficult to find those dolls because those blow-up dolls are really usually rather rather um, naughty items for the sex industry. So they had to have 12 <laughs> made that weren't oh, really? too rude. <laughs> Lusty Linda and Erotica Stell, if I recall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where are they now, Sue? I mean, it would have been nice to be around when they were shooting that because I, I believe an awful lot of giggling went on. <laughs> I imagine so, yeah. It would have been hard to keep a straight face during that. Yeah, it's very difficult. And I say, I'm a very bad giggler. It would have been hopeless <laughs> for me, but I'd still like to have been there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hi, Sue. It's Ed here, lifetime uh, Only Fools and Horses fan. Um, oh, what a intelligent <laughs> you are. Um, I have to ask, one of the most adored scenes for me in Only Fools and Horses is when Rodney gets married. And Del is in uh, that scene in the pub listening to Holding Back the Years. Um I have to ask, was it emotional uh, for you watching that scene uh, backstage or even now when you watch it back on TV? 
Yeah, funnily enough, uh, I, that, that's, I could have used this answer for the last question because that was one of my most fav fav favourite scenes because Del Boy gets to sort of pour his heart out to Marlene. Everybody, you know, we all were sobbing with the, the playing of that wonderful music and Rodney going away. And then when Marlene says, goes and has a little chat with him, says, why did you never get married, Del? And Del pours his heart out about how you know, he'd been engaged to lots of girls. He was engaged to Marlene. And oh, yeah. he never married any of them because no. he said, you know, they didn't want to look after Rodney. So it's family, isn't it? And that yeah. little that little speech that he gives to Marlene about why he hasn't actually settled down and how much Rodney has always meant to him, I thought was terribly touching and to Absolutely. have been part of that. And, and it was also quite nice because it showed the relationship that... Marlene and Dell had had, which was obviously very sexy and naughty, but also very tender. He's very fond of her, and she's very fond of him. Yeah. Because I think it's it's nice that you brought up that scene because it is one of my favourites. Yeah, mm. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, uh, one of the most famous uh, relationships that you have on screen is actually with uh, Juki, the Great Dane. <laughs> uh, I have to ask: Was he a nightmare off stage, um, and were there many outtakes during the scenes? Oh God, this is going to upset your listeners terribly. Oh. <laughs> three dukes died. We oh, really? Never knew that. Dukes. That's the exclusive. Great danger. <laughs> they go. don't live for a very long time, and the series went on and on. So we had four different dukes, and they all had very different personalities. The first one was a really nice soppy dog. He was sweet, who I had to sort of slobber over and kiss a lot. He had terribly bad breath, but he was a nice dog. <laughs> but then the, the, there was another one. I think he was the third duke. Might have been the second. But he was absolutely obsessed by the boom. Now, I don't, I don't know if you know, you know, the boom is the big microphone. Okay, that yeah. is held near the actor's mouth, out of shot. And sometimes the boom has to go under, so it's quite low on the ground. And it's a big thing, it's about 12 inches long and rather furry. And one of the dukes just loved this thing. And as soon as he saw it, he attacked it. So oh, really? he did lose a lot of takes for this, this potty dog, who for some reason thought that this was some sort of animal that he should be, he should be mangling. So that, that, he, he was the most awkward. And there was another one who was lazy. When he was supposed to do something a bit vigorous, he refused. Oh, and there was another one. One of the dudes wow, absolutely passionately loved Rodney. Oh, really? <laughs> You'll notice in we the, see that. the one of the episodes where Rodney's supposed to be, Del's trying to sell them a baby and Rodney's out in the garden, he's supposed to be playing Duke. And Duke jumped up on Rodney and kept oh, yeah. pushing him down. And, I mean, it, he did really sexually try to assault <laughs> Rodney. Well, I think that adds and to the comedy. They, 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 <laughs> the, the crew were appalling because... Poor, poor Nicholas was flat on the floor with this dog, a huge dog on top of him, and nobody shouted cut because no. the crew were all in absolutely. No, I'm enjoying it too much, Sue. <laughs> it looked terrified. As, as a young child watching, I looked terrified that huge dog attacking was, the quite it, a tall it was, man. It was quite funny. It didn't yeah. make everybody laugh. But they, they say never work with children or animals, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and John Sullivan constantly wrote scenes for me, either with a child or an animal. In fact, I did an episode of Dear jo two episodes of Dear John, his other series, yeah. in which he gave me five children. Oh my word! So wow. I think he had something against. Yeah, me. I think he's trying to tell you something, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides from John Chalice, are there any other cast members that you stay in touch with? 
Well, the nice thing about the Only Fools and Horses Appreciating Society is it gets us all together every year. We have That's a true, yeah. convention, which we just had last weekend, which is good fun. And uh, there, there were lots of actors there on the Saturday and the Sunday. He does a good lineup. David and Nick never go to those things. And because they never go, it's a sort of vicious circle. Because if they did go, they'd be mobbed. Yeah. They will never, I don't think, ever appear at the conventions, which is sad. And uh, but a lot of actors have got to meet David and Nick over the years. I personally don't bump into them unless it's for, you know, funerals or award ceremonies. And that's sadly more funerals than yeah. I really would care for. Yes, it's always the way. Although very sad. Recently, I've, recently my, my, uh, my path has crossed David's because I've gone into still open all hours and it was Absolutely. lovely to all right, yeah. working with him again. Mrs. Rossi, how's that going? Mrs. Rossi, yes, he's just appeared. Well, she's appeared very briefly at the moment, but my, all yeah. my scenes were with David, and it was very lovely to be back together again, and he said how nice it was. But, oh, I mean, we don't meet socially because everybody's sort of too busy. Yeah, of I, course. So, I meet socially with John Tallis all the time. He's constantly here. I can't get rid of him. <laughs> John is absolutely here, lovely. We've met him multiple here, times. Here weekend, we, his wife. No, we all get on very well. John yeah. and his wife and I and my husband go on holidays together, and no, we're, we're good oh, John, which is lucky because many double acts hate each other, don't they? Of absolutely. course, yeah. Well, we'd love to have John Tallis on sometime. So you put in a good word for us, Sue, if that's okay with you. When I see him on Sunday, I'll tell him. I'll give him an elbow in the ribs from us. Sue, <laughs> yeah, so is there any um, modern comedies you quite like? Or are that all the classics well, I, been and gone? I don't know. I love all the classics, as you, obviously, mm. that, 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 that everybody else mentions. Are they, and in the old days, in the 70s and the 80s, they, 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 the, the people wrote for families, particularly John Sullivan's stuff. You know, he wanted every age group to be able to watch them. But, you know, there are there are, are, are modern comedies I like. I think Fab's wonderful. Mm. I liked Gavin and Stacey. And I, 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 there aren't very many where you can genuinely say this is family entertainment. I mean, a lot are a, aimed at sort of 20s or 30s. And there's lots of good stuff for kids. But the, the genius, I think, of those writers, like, I mean, the, the Faulty Towers, of course. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Scripts, absolutely, aren't they? yeah. The the, the 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 really funny comedies that are genuinely fascinating to every age group, I think, are fewer and further between now. John Sullivan was the master, of course, wasn't he? Agreed. Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of sort of Dad's Army and Hancock's Half Hour and all that yeah. sort of era, but all, all you don't you don't get that anymore. And of course, you know, you had Birds of a Birds of a Feather came back. I yeah, that was mm. a good show, and and came back again. But then they 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 had the original cast members for the return. Yeah, I loved Blackadder, and oh, in fact, Just Good Friends, which came before uh, Only Fools, with John Sullivan. Yeah, was yeah. written by John Sullivan, and that was a very sweet, gentle comedy too. I loved it. I have uh, just uh, uh, another question on the on the topic of comedies making a return. The year. John Sullivan sadly passed. Um, he'd had a script, or he was preparing a script for a 30-year anniversary. Yes. Um, are you aware of, did you ever get to see any part of the script? If so, no, we... and it's, it, it, I don't know if anybody has. It was, but it, 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 it's so tragic because it had been agreed. It, it had been, you know, all, all the availabilities of mm. the actors had been done, the, 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 the writer and the producers and everybody, David and Nick, that's the most important mm, thing, had yeah. agreed. That it, when it was going to be celebrating Dale becoming a pensioner and Rodney was going to serve him a party, it would have been fantastic fun to do. Yeah. But of course, the the tragic loss of John Sullivan meant that it didn't happen, and of course now it won't ever happen. Yeah, because it's I don't a shame. Think, I don't think anybody would want to do it again without John being around no. to sprinkle his gold dust on it. It's a tragic. I mean, um, with regards to the main character, Dale and Rodney are loved, but all this, the 
the, the great thing about Only Fools and Horses is all the surrounding characters are just as loved, especially amongst the core fans. You know, yes, Boy I think that's true, and because the fans are very sweet and do love everybody. Unfortunately, there aren't very many of us left, which no, are dying. No. Which is, um, but those, those of us who are left, we, we would, if approached, I think we would all say, don't do it without John. No, let's let's have the wonderful memory of Absolutely. what it was like in its heyday. Absolutely. We totally agree. And Sue, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute honour to have you on our podcast. Well, Thank and, you, Sue. I'm very touched that you should want to talk to me. Yeah, Absolutely. We'd have you again, you know, in, can, uh, in a heartbeat, Sue. We, 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 we can ask a million more questions, but we're not taking any more time. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all going to be pinching ourselves for the rest of the evening yeah. that we've spoken <laughs> to you. You're very sweet. Anyway, I think it's good fun to talk to you, and um, I, I, I'm happy to say that I will be coming into the next series of Still Open All Hours. It's yes, the same as as only fools but that's what's going to happen to me next year after my pantomime in mansfield which is snow white and the seven dwarves please mention that we'll put a link on our twitter page and everything too thank you so thank much you. thank you very much thanks thanks you have a nice weekend bonjour thank you that was sue holden sir bailey it seems like a lifetime ago that we interviewed her, wasn't it? It did, yeah. We've um, we've come long and far with our podcast, but we're very, very privileged to have Sue join us. She's a very, very lovely lady and a very talented actress. Absolutely. I was actually listening to our podcast today whilst I've been driving for work. Do you not have anything else better to do? Well, no, my radio was playing up. Um, I was you know, not, not Mustang, was it? <laughs> no, we had. I was listening to the pilot and the bonus. And it just made me realise that we have come a hell of a long way. That pilot one is a bit messy, isn't it? I described the pilot episode that we first released as complete and utter chaos. <laughs> I'm surprised anyone else has downloaded it. I, we have got significantly more downloads on our pilot than any other episode, which is really gutting now because I know it's not our best work. I'm surprised it's not been reported, the pilot, because it's just absolute mayhem. It was carnage. We didn't have a clue what we were doing, did we? Especially when it, comes, when it came to the quiz. Just that the, took me about three days solid to edit that. Oh, the buzzers, edit. the oh, buzzers, God. too many buzzers. It's embarrassing. Good fun, though, to be in the <laughs> chaos, but not so good to be listening to it, I no. think. Um, but, yeah, I think we've come a long way, and I think we're only going to get better. We've got, we're approaching the end of season one, and we have got loads more guests lined up for season two. Are we allowed to mention who we've got on our podcast next? Oh, should we leave it for now? We'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it for now. We'll, we'll leave you. We'll leave it. We'll leave you hanging shoeing. a little bit. But if anyone wants to take part in the quiz, or even just come on and have a chat about Only Fools and Horses, about your favourite episode, your favourite character, please do get in touch. We, we'd love to have you on. We encourage the interaction. And as ever, download, subscribe, rate, review, etc. Even if it's bad, not not one stars. I don't want to see one stars. Four stars minimum. <laughs> Four stars and above. You're all welcome. I, I did read up actually the other day that apparently if you guys leave more reviews, so everyone who listens kind enough to leave us a review, I think it helps get us out there to more Only Force and Horses fans, and that's our main aim, isn't it, James? Absolutely. We've had a bit of a tweak of our name um, in our bio, so we're a little bit more easy to find. I managed to find it a little bit easier. But a bit of breaking news, Bailey. So, you know, we've just discovered that the podcast charts. Yep. You know, for guess where we are in Luxembourg. What? Where are we in Luxembourg, James? Well, we were like number sixteen or something in the charts at one point in Luxembourg, and we're still in there. We're still in the top fifty now. Well, thank you very much, Luxembourg. People of Luxembourg, get in touch. We'd yeah, love we'd love to. Be on. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Give some, some someone from Luxembourg, please call in or email. You can contact us at the Ofa Podcast at gmail.com. We need an Ofa spokesperson from Luxembourg. 
yeah, to that, represent us. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we really, really appreciate that. So if, if any of you Luxembourgians are listening... Is that how you call it? I don't know. I just made it up. That's very good. Yeah, maybe I've just started something there. Yeah, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Next interview we have in is John Chalice. Yeah, and John was our latest. Um, well done. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, such a such a lovely chat. We've met him a few times before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. But this was uh, the most personal we've been with him. Uh, we've obviously been to his shows and met him at conventions and what have you. But it was really, really nice to, for him to give up his time. And he was a lovely chap and he had some good stories. In felt we could have just sat there for hours talking to him. I think he would have got fed up and hung up, but I still really enjoyed it. And yeah, even afterwards, I was thinking about it the next day, and it was just a pleasure listening back to him. Such an iconic character of Eddie Fools and Horses. He's the one you think of, apart from, you know, Yadel, Rodney and Albert. He's the next one, the big character, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's definitely immortalised in UK comedy history. Absolutely. Which is a huge statement, isn't it? Yeah. So we really enjoyed um, talking to him. So you get a chance now to listen to it again. And here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honoured to be joined by the legendary uh, John Chalice. John, good evening. How are you? Well, uh, I'm, I'm okay, James. Thank you. <laughs> how are you? Very well. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, we, we were just wondering, how does it feel... Um, knowing that Only Fools and Horses is still going strong, 35 years on, everyone's still talking about it, it's still very much the heart of the family. Well, it's unbelievable, really. I, I'm amazed, um, uh, you know, when I consider I did the first episode in 1981, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, um, at the time, I, uh, I knew it was funny, you know, but I had no idea it was, uh, even that... Uh, the character was going to come back in another series. In fact, I didn't even know there was going to be a second series until it happened, and the script uh, came through the door, uh, which I was delighted about because I say I I thought it was funny. I, I liked it a lot, and uh, and um, no idea really, I suppose, until about the fourth or fifth series. By that time, it was about 1985 or something, and you thought, oh, this has really got legs, you know, because mm-hmm. people yeah. simply because people were coming up to us in the street almost for the first time. And saying how much they're enjoying it, you know, mm. and um, they're looking forward to the next one. So, uh, so, uh, and then, then, it, then, of course, it was over. We did the last shows in two thousand one, mm. and uh, then there was a spin-off series, The Green Green Grass, for me and Marlene, um, <laughs> which was uh, brilliant. That went went on for four years, uh, four series, and uh, and here we are. So, still going, still going strong. 2019, mm. and uh, and it's still on every day. It is uh, yeah. on on goal. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, John, could you just explain the feeling uh, you had every time you had a new script come through the post? It was a um, obviously an episode that no one has seen yet, and you're about to read it for the first time. What what did that feel like? Well, it felt uh, it felt absolutely wonderful. I guess I had no idea, you know, from uh, series to series, really. You know, if if one was going to be um, uh, going to be in the in the show again, I mean, so I only did one episode in the first series, and I think one in the second, and uh, then maybe two in the third. I can't, can't quite remember, but at that those early stages, um, nobody ever said anything. You know, um, yeah. So you were sort of in the in the uh, in the hands of the BBC, and also, of course, John Sullivan, uh, the writer, if you wanted to uh, keep bringing the character back. And then uh, Marlene came into the show, and he thought, "Oh, well, that, this is promising because he's brought in, um, um, brought in the leading lady, as it were." Yeah. So now yeah. they're uh, this boy and Marlene are uh, sort of a couple. 
<clears throat> so you thought, oh, well, that's quite encouraging. But um, from year to year, really, you you just had no idea. Um, and even if you were in it, um, particularly when we started doing all the specials, you had no idea how much you were going to do. Um, and uh, but it was always uh, an absolute delight, you know, to uh, to get the scripts, yeah, and open it and read it and, uh, and laugh and think, oh, because it's going to be brilliant. You know? Amazing. Hi, John. It's Tom here. Nice oh. to speak to you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Tom speaking. How you doing? Hi. Very Good. well, thank you. <laughs> um, question about on uh, Boise and Marlene, um, probably the most recognised couple on screen in, in the comedy world. There was a Bo- mm. Boise and Marlene stage show, was there not, in the 90s that Sullivan had written especially for you guys? Yeah, hi, John. It's, it's Bailey back again. Hi, Bailey. Hi, yeah. I, I, just, I just wanted to say, um, I don't really know the best way to say this, but I just wanted to say... Um, how much you and your Twitter account is having such a huge influence on the Only Fools and Horses in 2019. Um, we've met we've met before a few times, and I know you're really, really generous with your time, but I think it's fantastic that you've got time for all the fans in the Only Fools and Horses community. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I think the Only Fools and Horses today would be very different if you didn't exist with your Twitter account. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Agree with that one. Well, thanks. Well, yeah. I'm glad it's, it's having a bit of an effect. I mean, it's just... A huge effect, you know, huge. I, yeah, I, know, I never forget, you know, that, um, you know, the, the fans out there, the people who uh, put us where we where we are, you know, if, if nobody turned their telly on. That's a really humble thing we, for you to say. We wouldn't be talking now, mm. you know. So, uh, no, it's great to share things to people, because I know how much it means to people. You know, I get, uh, I get so many letters and I meet people uh, when I'm out doing the show, and uh, it means a lot to people. Um, you know, in a serious way, it's helped a lot of people through uh, difficult times you know? yeah. No, definitely. yeah definitely yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. and and uh, and i think it so i think it's valuable i mean i feel i owe you know i owe uh, i owe the fans a lot really for um for uh, you know providing the support you know that that every every show needs you know i mean I'm, i've just been in benidorm as well you yeah, know the last thing i did was another massively um popular show yeah we're all fans here john at benidorm yeah. You must be receiving treatment of some sort. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, you see, Darren, uh, Darren Litton, who wrote Benidorm, was a big fan of the show. And uh, that's the other thing is what's unusual about it for me is that um, it's not only really popular with the public, but, but also with the, in the profession. Mm, yeah. No, it definitely you know, is, yeah. I think they're in VSO. The television awards, you know, and Benidorm was up for uh, best comedy. Didn't win, unfortunately. But uh, well, we saw a little clip of you going viral, John. Um, maybe show oh, your yeah. disgust. <laughs> we'll find that very funny. Oh, yes, I, th- I thought well, I'd do both reactions. I'll do the yeah. happy for the winner and also bollocks to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how they can twist it though in the media, isn't it? No, no, it seems to have been very popular. That uh, I, <laughs> I was slightly embarrassed by when I saw it back, but. Uh, Anyway, no, I mean, uh, meeting so many people from, you know, your peers, I suppose, mm. you know, people in all sorts of areas of uh, of the profession, you know, uh, soaps and travel programs and uh, documentaries and travel, I mean, you know, all sorts of people coming up and uh, shaking their hands saying how much they love the show. And, you know, it's just really, really heartwarming. And I think that's, that's rare, you know, that's rare to have it as popular in the profession as it is in the public you know um it's a testament to uh to john sullivan's writing really absolutely you really are a lovely man john 
that's true, yes. Thank you very much. I'm glad you noticed that. John, where can, we, um, where can we find information of your um, one-man stage tour and your books and things like that? Is it, is it Wigmore well, Books? Well, as I say, the web, website, yeah, Wigmore Books. Okay. Um, this is my, uh, I've got, we've got a publishing company and uh, this is where the autobiography has been uh, published. And also a couple of novels and, and also a nice coffee table um, book about the house and the ah, garden yes. we created. Um, so I've got about five titles at the moment. I so say that's Wigmore Books, W-I-G-M-O-R-E, uh, Wigmore Books, <laughs> all in lowercase, obviously. Um, Brilliant. Uh, dot com. Dot com. There it is. There it is. And uh, so it'll give you links and so on, uh, you know, to uh, what's coming up. And uh, Only Fool's Convention, of course. Um, I'm not quite sure. It might be uh, might be in Blackpool this year. I don't know. It might be anywhere, really. Uh, I want to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, one, one last question, John. We're, uh, we're going to talk about the Only Fools and Horses stay show, which is going to soon be on. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to the opening uh, night. Ah, fantastic. Well, I was just going to ask you how excited you are about going to see it. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I'd be fascinated to see what um, how it works, you know. Obviously, a uh, Paul Whitehouse fan, you know. Yeah, he's brilliant. Watching all, all his stuff, you know, very funny guy. Um, and, uh, and, of course, John uh, started a sort of prequel, didn't he, called uh, Rock and Chips. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of, not used to, but at least we've we've seen a lot of the characters played as younger people before. So that's that's not going to be a big uh, big jump, I think. So uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure it'll do terribly well. You know, the mm. fact that it's in a big uh, major West End theatre from the word goes is extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's wonderful. And I, st- I should think after that they'll probably go out on the tour and um, and it'll do very well, as well as the uh, the Benidorm show is doing. I mean, that's doing massive business apparently on. Mm. Uh, on its circuit, you know, the, li- the live show, the Benidorm Live. So, uh, so yeah, very nice to have been uh, part of both those shows. Absolutely. Brilliant. Incredible. John, uh, is, is an- another final question. Sorry. Have you got a favourite Boise line in the show? Would you mind, uh, you know, reliving that moment for us and quoting your oh, favourite? Oh, yeah. So one of, the, one of my favourites was um, Chain Gang and... Uh, <laughs> and um, and they're, they're they're trying to uh, they're trying to stop this this guy making up with his chains and having uh, pretend heart attacks and so on <laughs> and uh, there's all sorts of bedlam taking place and um, boy she thinks she's going to take charge and he says don't panic why am I doctor <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yes. yes love it John John thank you so much uh, for not only coming on this show but being a massive part of our our childhood growing up with you always on in the background on TV in our family house. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Great. Glad you've enjoyed it. Thanks for watching. Thank you, John. John. Take care. Cheers, John. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. And that was John Chalice. Brings back happy memories, doesn't it, Bailey? Yeah, it was lovely. Really, really insightful interview from John. Mm. I always learn something new whenever chatting to him. And it's difficult, really, trying to present questions to John that he hasn't been asked a million times before because we did find it difficult didn't we when we yeah, were we did. So we, uh, you know we, we thought long and hard about what questions to ask him and there's you want to get something new but you also understand that he's probably been asked every single question over and over and over again it's nearly 40 years ago since the yeah. first episode mm. and he, he is the face of any force and horses isn't he really considering Nicholas and David don't really do public appearances anymore 
So John does have a lot to answer for. And I, I felt as if the questions that we gave him kind of, um, you know, kept him on his toes a bit. I didn't want to ask him the same old questions that he gets asked at conventions. So uh, hopefully we did that. Yeah, and hopefully you all enjoyed it, which is the most important thing. That's the end of this little special. Um, please do get in touch, yo, for podcast at gmail.com. We're also looking at getting our own YouTube channel for this. Uh, we're trying to work out the logistics of it now. I'm not tech savvy at all. Um, a little Chinese kid next door is pretty handy on computers, isn't he? Yeah, I'd probably give him a bell if I were you, and yeah. he'll, he'll sort it out for us. Try to convert over our fast ranker. If you want to do it for us, it'd be amazing. Anyway, I axe pal. Bye. Yo. We've got some half price crack dice and miles and miles of carpet tiles. TVs, deep freezing, David Bowie LBs. Ball games, gold chains, what's the names and elephants from Trevor Francis tracksuits from a motion shepherd's switch.